Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Oh, I love it. Merry Christmas, everyone. Come on, give me a Merry Christmas. Oh, that was weak. We got to work on that. On the count of three, everyone say, Merry Christmas, Pastor Tim. One, two, three. Oh, I knew you had it. Are you glad to be in church today? Come on, let's go ahead and just celebrate Jesus. What a great day. If you're a guest, we want to welcome you. Can our church give our guests a good clap real quick? We really are glad you're with us. So good, so good. Well, I want to take just a moment before I preach my message today, and, and I have a request for you today. And I would like for you to consider this year making a year-end donation to our church. Now, you're going to have a lot of wonderful organizations ask you for year-end giving. And, and they're great, and they probably are all deserving and worth you know, everything you can invest in many of these organizations. Um, many people make last kind of minute gifts to organizations, and a lot of business leaders will make tax deductible gifts to nonprofit organizations. And, and sometimes people are just feeling extra generous and they just want to give a little extra. And I just want to ask you to consider Life Church as your year-end gift this year. This isn't a, a big pressure ask, but I believe that your money here makes a difference. And if you're going to invest somewhere, I would love for it to be here this year. We have seen God do so many things and we want to continue that. And one of the ways we're able to continue to do so many things, especially the new things, is through the generous gifts of our church. We have seen since we've moved into this building, every single week here, people have made first-time decisions to follow Jesus Christ. And I'm so blessed by that. I'm going to have to teach you all how to clap today. Y'all are still on the turkey tryptophan, I think. So listen, when I say every week people have given their life to Christ, we got to do better than that. <laughs> I'm teaching you. Listen, I didn't know I was preaching already. I'm teaching you something. But uh, hey, listen, our attendance has been up 25% since we moved in the building. It's great. And we see God moving. Um, yeah, go ahead. Now you're wanting to clap. I, I thank you. <laughs> Uh, Y'all are great. Um, but listen, several things that are coming up for us, and it, it, it takes money to make things move forward at times. And, and we've been generous, and, you know, Bailey mentioned about the trees and how y'all are just so generous. So I'm not trying to push it, but I do want to make an awareness that this would be a great time to make a gift to us. Next year, I got some things coming up. I'll just let you know that in January, we're kicking off our regular worship nights, and I'm really excited about that. And so in our worship nights is when we, we take a little longer in our worship, and it's more of a family time, and we, we press into the presence of God, and we release the gifts of the Spirit. And it's just a, it's a real great, supernatural, powerful night in worship. Uh, this year, we have the, the privilege of being able to come early and having coffee and hanging out together, fellowshipping together, and then coming into worship. So that's January. 
in February, we have a marriage conference coming up for us. And so we want to strengthen marriages in our church. And then in March, we have our Sisterhood Flourish conference coming up. And so, listen, we've got a lot coming. And so if you're looking for that place to, to make a, an extra gift, we would love for it to be here this year. Can I just get a good amen? amen. So the best is still to come. And so if you're going to make that gift, you can just put it in with your regular tithes and offerings, just add to it, and um, we would be blessed by that. Amen. Let me pray. Father, thanks for this day. I thank you for this church, and I do praise you for the generosity that has already been demonstrated. And so, Lord, um, I pray that as we head into the new year, that we would have everything we need to do all that you've called us to do. Father, for the message today, help us to to learn about Jesus and to celebrate him in this amazing Christmas season. And so, Father, we really love you. And if you love Jesus, would you say amen with me? One, two, three, amen, amen. Well, I love Christmas, I really do. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christmas kind of person. I don't know what about Christmas it is, but I just love it. Um, I've, I've always been a fan of Christmas lights. Uh, we have traditions in our house that are around Christmas and one of the favorite things we've done for years is on Christmas Eve, we'll have our Christmas Eve service, and then that evening, we go buy donuts, uh, we go to Krispy Kreme, and we get donuts, and, and then we drive around all over the city, and we find the house that we think, and we vote on it in our car, who has the best Christmas lights? And then we go and knock on the door, and we say, congratulations, you've won, and we give them a box of donuts, and we say, this is the best house with the best lights. And so we just love it. I love all things Christmas, and, and so it's just great. I love the lights, the trees, the music, the carols, and I love giving presents. I love the thought of Santa Claus and family gatherings and food. And I even love crowded malls. I don't know what it is, but like, I just, it's just fun. It's just somehow we're all celebrating, and that's the only time I like a crowded mall, but that's it. I like it. You know what I like about Christmas, too, is people are in a better mood. Don't you think? They're like, they're just like happier. Like, why not? So listen, I'm just all for it. Well, Listen, I hope this Christmas for you is the most wonderful time of year in your home. And this series is designed to help you make your home extra special this year. And so that's what we're trying to do is just help home be more special this Christmas season. Today I want to title my message, It is Merry Christmas. It is Merry Christmas. Now, joyful Christmas, yes, but the emphasis needs to be in Christmas and it's Christmas. It's, it's the season that we celebrate Christ. And I mean, have you ever been to the store and, and the person is, you know, politely trying to help you? And I hope you're never rude to the people that are waiting on these crowds trying to serve you, you know, be patient. But but they'll say happy holidays to you. And, and I appreciate the sentiment, but um, they've probably been instructed to, to not say Merry Christmas. But I always say, thank you, Merry Christmas, because it's Christmas to us. It's about Christ to us. And in today's message, I want to remind us that Christmas is all about Jesus today. It's all about Christ. And we want to keep Christ in the center of this amazing celebration. Christmas is about Christ and so in this first part of this series, I just want to lay that foundation for us so that at your home, you are celebrating for the right reasons. And during Christmas, the most wonderful, busy, stressful, expensive time of the year, 
let's remember that it's all about Christ. Can I get an amen, church? Amen. So let's not lose Christ this year. Sometimes rather than being drawn into to Jesus in the Christmas season, we get drawn away just because we're distracted, we're busy with so many things. So today's message is just all about Jesus and bringing our focus to him as we kick off the season. I want to take us to the book of Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 and it's a prophetic message that was given about the birth of Jesus. Now this prophecy was 700 years before the birth of Christ. Isaiah was the one that was prophesying the words and he was prophesying to King Ahaz and he was the king of Israel. He was the king of Judah. At this point, Israel was split into two southern and northern part of Israel. They'd had a, a schism. They'd had a split. And, you know, just like Christian people, they, they sometimes don't get along. And so they didn't get along. And so, so King, Ahaz, uh, king um, Ahaz was the, the king of Judah, the southern part of Israel. And the prophecy that... that Isaiah gave to him was about Jesus, a child coming to be born in his name, or he would be called Emmanuel. So the prophecy that I'm about to read to you was, was given, though, to this king as a promise that God would be faithful to them, to him, in the middle of a national crisis. Now, the, the issue at hand was that the king of Judah here, he was an evil leader. The Bible said that he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he was a very ungodly. He was a, a bad king, a bad leader for the Israelites, and he, he led the Israelites to worship false gods like the other nations around them, and, and as a result, God was allowing them to go through a season of difficulty in their life, and and they were at the, the verge of being conquered by an alliance of other nations. And, and so they were, they were on the brink of, of a, a war that was going to destroy them and they were outnumbered. And so Isaiah comes to the king in the effort as a prophet to turn the king's heart back to God. And that's always the heart of God is to turn people's hearts back to him. And God wanted the king to, to recognize that this, there was a, a serious issue going on in front of him and that he needed God. And, and if he would turn to God, and there was a moment that, that the, the prophet was saying, you, you, you must turn to God. And he said, and if you do, and this was kind of the result, and I, I quote you out of the scripture, verse four, it says that you should be careful. This is what the, the prophet was saying to the king. Be careful, keep calm, don't be afraid, and don't lose heart. And so that's what he was saying to him. So you have this, this evil king, a prophet's coming to him and saying, God wants your heart. And if you'll be careful, if you'll turn, if you'll, if you'll give him your heart, then, then there's safety, there's protection, there is, there is a way for you to, to not lose heart in the middle of all this crisis. Now, I was reading about this king and this was a moment in his life to, to make a change. And he knew what to do. He, he knew the heart of God. When I was reading about him, I, I, I found that, that he had a, a godly heritage in his life. His father was the king before him. And the Bible says that he did what was righteous in the eyes of God. 
And for four years, there was an overlap between his father and Ahaz, and they ruled together. And during those four years, the righteous king taught his son how to lead in righteousness and how to lead a godly nation. But somehow, I don't know what the circumstances were, the king Ahaz, after his father had passed, began to change his heart. He began to slowly drift away. He began to serve other kings, I mean, other gods, and, and, and he, he just turned the nation away. And, and I don't know what the process for that was. The Bible doesn't tell us. Usually when anyone falls away from God, it, it's usually this gradual process. It's usually a, 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 I skipped going to the temple today and, and, and then it turned to two weeks into two months and before you know it, they've just gradually fallen away. He may have been lured by the lust of women and that were in other nations and they drew him into worshiping other gods. It doesn't say, but some way, somehow, this, this godly father imparted into him and he turned away from God and we find ourselves in this situation where the, the, the prophet is saying to him, if you turn back to God, there's safety for you. There's, there is hope for you in the midst of all this going on. And I just want to remind you that, that God didn't give up on this king who was serving false God. God didn't give up on him. And the same way that God didn't give up on him, he doesn't give up on us. He's a God of second chances, a God of third chances, a God of fourth chances. I'm so grateful that God doesn't give up on us. When we drift away and we fall away, he just finds a way to pull us back. And maybe today I'm the prophet to speak to you to come back to God because there's hope in the middle of your crisis. How many knows we live, we're living in a season that feels a little bit like a crisis around us? Our nation maybe isn't at war directly, but... There's wars in the world, there's crisis. I feel the pressure of it. And listen, what I want is to, in a season like that, is to hear the prophet from the word of God speaking about turning to him and there's safety and there's protection for those who will worship the true God. I'm in for that. Are you with me, church? So he told him that news. And then Isaiah prophesied to him, Isaiah 7, 14, it'll be on the screen for us. But it says that the Lord himself will give you the sign. He said, look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel, if you don't know, is, has the meaning of God is with us. God is with us. Now, there's an old saying that you've probably heard before that I really like. And it says, if you don't feel close to God, then guess who moved? Have you heard that before? Well, listen, the word is, is God is with us. And so if you don't feel God in your life and you don't feel close to God, you don't have an intimate relationship with God, he didn't move because he's with us. God promised the king that God would be with him. Isaiah promised Emmanuel, God with you. Turn to God, God with you. He was given the king hope in the midst of this crisis. And there was a promise for him. Now we can read scriptures and we understand that Jesus didn't come for another 700 years. And so for the Old Testament kings and the Old Testament prophets, they always pointed to a future of Jesus. 
And they believed in the future, they believed in the coming, and their faith was in that Jesus would come. Today, we're on the other side of that. We know that Jesus has come, and so where the Old Testament, they had faith in what was to come, we have faith in what has come. Does that make sense to you? And so they had to operate in faith as well as we have to operate in faith. And, and so the promise was that Jesus would come and, and would they believe that he would come? And for 700 years, that promise lingered. And it was out there and they were waiting on the promise of, of Jesus to come. Now we know he's with us today. King Ahaz, he was this sinful man though. Yet God had great grace and he had great mercy and he declared that he would come and be with Ahaz. And and when I I see this story, I I love the the prophetic voices that are in scripture, but I like how it tells us and, and gives us symbolic ways to understand what Jesus is doing in our life today. And if you picture the fact that you have this sinful man and you have A prophet saying, Jesus is going to come and he will be with you. It wasn't a matter of Ahaz having to get his life all right before he would come and be with him. It wasn't a matter of of Ahaz like doing everything right. He said, I'm coming. Listen, it's the heart of God to come. It's the heart of God to be with us. And God sent his son to be with, with you and I when Ahaz was a sinner, he was ready to come. Listen, we're sinners and he's come to us as well. I love that. I love that we don't have to get everything in our life completely put together, but God said, I'll come to you. I'll be your savior if you'll turn to him. He's here. He said, I'll come and be with you. Emmanuel, he's with us. That's the meaning of Christmas today. He is with us today. Christmas is a gift to us. Christmas is special to us as Christians. Jesus was born to save us. He was born to save us from our sins. And he invites us to turn to him and to worship him and to know him. I believe God wants to call out to us today. The sad part of this story is I was reading about the king and it never indicates that he turned his heart back to God. He had the prophetic words given to him. He had the pressure that was on him and and yet he still didn't make a change in his life. And I wonder how many people today in churches all over America are gonna hear about Jesus but there's something that doesn't spark in their life to turn back to him and serve him. The prophecy was heard by the Israelites and for 700 years they anticipated the coming of a Messiah. Like it was, it was part of the conversation of the Israelites. The prophet said, now the king didn't believe, but many Israelites were, were waiting on the arrival of a savior. Sadly again, though, most of them missed Jesus's arrival. They anticipated, the Jews anticipated a natural king, a king that would free them from political and governmental oppression. They didn't expect their savior to be a spiritual savior. They didn't anticipate their king coming lowly in a stable. And instead of celebrating the birth of Jesus, their life just went on as normal. And I wonder how many people this Christmas are going to just go on with life as normal 
rather than recognizing a Savior has come. I don't want that to be my life or your life. The Israelites, the the old religious leaders that we read about in the scriptures, they continued to follow the laws, but they missed the birth of Jesus. These old religious leaders, they followed customs of religion, but they missed the season. Listen, they they just, they went through the motions of, of, of religious activities. They, they, they went and did religious things, but, but they missed the, the meaning of what it was all leading to, who was Jesus Christ, and they didn't believe in him. It was the season of his birth, and they missed the reason for that season. Are you following me? You see where I'm taking you? Today, people all over the world celebrate the religious activities of Christmas. We, we go to church sometimes, or we we put up trees and we, we give gifts and all of these things could have a, a way of drawing us closer to God. But instead of it being about the birth of Christ, it's just activities that people do. And we want to break free from just activity and bring the spirit of Jesus back into everything we do. Yes, we're going to hang up Christmas lights. One way or another, we're going to decorate everything. I have a wife that loves to decorate, so I promise you we're going to decorate something. Something's going to get decorated around our house. We're going to buy Christmas presents, and we're going to exchange gifts. But this year in our house, in our home, it's all going to be in the spirit of Jesus for the reason of celebrating him this year. And so I take us to the the story in Matthew, of the, of the birth of Jesus, as we remember, and I bring Jesus into your home, Matthew 1.18 says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, Joseph, son of David. The angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Amen? Amen. Verse 22 says, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. And here we are circling back to Isaiah Quoting exactly, this angel is quoting exactly the prophetic word that was given to the king. And he says, look, a virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And so when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary, his wife. He did not have sex relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. So Emmanuel is is not just a nickname for Jesus. It is the, the description. It's the, it's the meaning of Christmas that he came from heaven to earth to, to be with us. The birth of Christ was a, a transitional time in God's plan for humanity. It was, it, was, it was the moment that people related to God personally and not from afar. 
Up until this moment, the, the vast majority of those who worship God, they didn't know God personally. They, they only related to God through the law that was given through Moses. And they, they had a distance from God. They went to a priest and had the priest pray for them. And, and there was distance between them and God. And, and there was a purpose behind the law. I'll, I'll share with you three reasons why God gave the law to the Israelites. And the first was, is God wanted to establish his moral standards of righteousness, the Ten Commandments. He wanted, the, he wanted people to know, and for us today, it's still worthy for us to study because it's a moral standard. Moral righteousness is learned from that. And so he, through the law, the Israelites learned that moral righteousness. The second thing the, the law did is it taught people how to have civil relationships within a community of people. It, was, it, it established civil government. In other words, God was part of government. So, so if I ever have a message that touches on government, please don't come to me and say, the church doesn't belong in politics because I want you to know that God established politics. He established government. He established a way for people to live and operate together. He first established the moral law and the government supported the moral law. Y'all okay with that? All right, just making sure. Thank you for one of you. Appreciate it. The third thing that the, the law did is it, it established the standard for how priests would serve in the temple and how God's people would worship him. And so the law was given, but before Christ, it was a religion to them. It was a religion that they followed these religious rules and, and the law of God. And, and if, they, if they broke the law of God, then, then they were separated and there was a type of punishment that could be on them. And so they had to absolve their own sin by bringing an animal to be sacrificed, and it was, it was a tough way to, to relate to God, and, and they stayed at a distance from God. It was, it was almost out of fear. We were afraid to get too close to God because in his presence that he would, you know, be too strong for them, and they would melt in front, I mean, so much, and so they kept a distance from God. And so when we hear the story now of Christ being born, that Jesus is now with us, it was this transitional moment for people to learn how to know him personally. And the problem that we have today in so many circles is, is people understand or they think that when we, they are talking or hearing from us about Christ, we're saying, just do all the rules and act just right and do the right thing and you're gonna be okay. Listen, you should do the right thing, but listen, for the right reason. And the reason is, is I love Jesus because he came and I have a relationship with him and I don't wanna disappoint. I don't wanna not be pleasing to my savior. So out of my love for Jesus, I do the right thing. It's a big difference. And I don't wanna be a church that feels religious. I wanna be a church that's passionate about Jesus. I want everything we do to honor and celebrate Jesus. And I want my holiday to not just be a holiday. Some days are just holidays. Like 4th of July. That's a holiday. Now there's a good meaning to it, don't get me wrong. But listen, that's not, a, that's not something that touches my heart for the kingdom of God. 
And so when we come into Christmas, don't treat it just like another holiday that the government set up. This is a Christian season. This is a time when Christians pour in and realize the purpose of, of all of this season, the purpose of buying these gifts and putting up a tree and all is a celebration about Jesus. And so I want to celebrate him. And I want the season to draw me close to him because he came to us. God left heaven to be with us. He was far and now he's near. And so the birth of Jesus ushered in God's ultimate plan to, to be with us, not as a religion, but as a relationship. And Jesus is the fulfillment of God coming to us to save us from our sin so that we can know God personally. And I, for one, am so grateful that he came. And I know you are too. I'm so grateful that Jesus came and he, he came to be with us, to be near us. He is Emmanuel, Emmanuel for us. He's Emmanuel for me. Emmanuel, God came for me. Listen, I'm so glad and I don't, listen, I want you to get it. But if you don't get it, I'm fine. I get it. He came for me. He came for me. Now you should get it. That's why I'm preaching. I want you to get it. But we celebrate Christmas because Emmanuel, Jesus, he came for us. He came to save us. He came to deliver us. He came to free us. He came to comfort us and strengthen us in hard times. Have you been there before? You need him. He came to protect us. He came to empower us. He came to give us the power to defeat the enemy. He came to help us make a difference with our life. He came to forgive us. He came to fill us with hope and with joy and with love. He came to refresh our weary souls. Listen, you ought to come out of Christmas refreshed instead of needing a vacation. If you do it right, next week I'm going to help you do it right. This week we're just going to keep Christ first. I want you to walk out of here and go, Christmas for me, it's about Jesus. The spirit of, of Christmas for me is when I put the tree up, listen, it's even symbolic. All of that has symbols. Go look it all up. The tree symbolizes evergreen. Listen, I love it. The evergreen, the, ever, the evergreen of Jesus. He never fades away in your life. And listen, they took it from outside. Look at that. They took an evergreen from outside because it was distant and they brought him inside to represent Christ evergreen. He ever present in their life was in their home. They brought him in. They understood Christ came for them. Years ago, they put candles on a tree. Not the best idea. <laughs> they put a candle on the tree and they light the candle. We got a little smarter over the years and put little twinkly lights on there. How many of you though, this is really important. Are you the person that puts all the colored lights on your tree? Or are you the person that puts all the white lights? Hey, all the white light people, give me a wave. All the people with the colored lights on your tree. Listen, you got kids and they love it and I'm proud of you. One day though, you'll turn into a white light person, I promise you. It happens to all of us. He came, did he come for you? He came, he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to save you. He came to strengthen you. He came in the middle of a crisis and he said, put your hope in me. I'll protect you, I'll comfort you and I'll walk through life with you. You're never alone. Amen. Let's try that again.
if he's done that for you, can you put your hands together and give Jesus a clap? <laughs> just making sure, just making sure I'm with the right crowd today. That's why it's Merry Christmas to us. Yes, it's a happy holiday season because of Jesus. It, it's the very most merry, joyful season and celebration because Emmanuel, he's come to be with us. There was a prophecy 700 years and he came, fulfilled the prophecy. Heaven anticipated it. The angels knew it was gonna happen and they didn't miss out on celebrating the birth of Jesus. In the book of Luke chapter two, it says that there were shepherds, they were out in this nearby field and the angels came and they announced to these shepherds and they said, you know, good tidings with great joy. We have the good news that a son has been born to you in the city of David, it says, and he is Christ the Lord and he'll be a sign to you. And you'll find this babe wrapped in clothes and lying in a, in a manger. And, and so the, the angels were announcing this to them. I love it that it's a sign to the shepherds, but his birth is a sign to you, that he's come for you. The fact that we celebrate Christmas is a sign to you. Let it be a sign to you. But when they gave that announcement, it says that the angels began to celebrate Christmas. It says in Luke 2, 13, it says, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards all men. So the shepherds, they, they heard that and they sought Jesus. They heard he had come for them and they, they went to him. But on that same night, there were many religious leaders who were in that same town of Bethlehem. They were there, and when Jesus was born, they missed the moment. They missed it. And I think it's possible that for you and I today that, that we could miss the moment. We could, we could be caught up in the celebration, but if we're, if we're not paying attention, if we if we don't put Christ in the middle of, if we don't, aren't deliberate about keeping Christ in our Christmas, then we may miss out on what it really is all about this year. We could miss the moment. We could miss out on the celebration of Jesus. And so, first of all, let me remind you that Christmas is about Jesus coming to be with us, right? Also, the season should be an important and meaningful one for us as Christians. And Christmas is about us drawing close to him. And that's the meaning of Christmas. He came to us so that we could turn to him. So don't miss Christmas this year. Don't celebrate a holiday this year. You know, I feel sorry for people who go through all the work of Christmas. I feel sorry for the people that go into debt for Christmas and they... I feel sorry for people who, gosh, put all the trees up and lights and, man, moved the little elf all over the house. And I mean, you know, I, man, I feel sorry for people do this and they don't know Jesus. Like they do all that work and they, they don't know Jesus. Like they miss out. Listen, you can't have the joy of Christmas without Jesus. 
They're, they're caught up in all the trappings of it, but they, they miss out on the joy of it all. Can you imagine if you went to someone's birthday party? And, and by the way, let me just throw this in there. This is, this is just my privilege, all right? I get to do this. So tomorrow's my wife's birthday. Woohoo! I love you, honey. Happy birthday. Now, but wouldn't it be crazy if our family gathered around the house tomorrow night and we, we all came to the house for a birthday party and we bought presents and we ate gluten-free cake <laughs> in honor of her. But wouldn't it be crazy if we did all this, but we never acknowledged her that night? Wouldn't that be weird? Wouldn't it be just so crazy that we all got together and we, we played games and brought in presents and we did all the things. And somewhere, if we never said to her, you know, happy birthday, she might say, hey guys, what are y'all doing? Like, are you punking me or something? What's going on? Because it wouldn't make sense to celebrate birthday. Wouldn't that be weird? What are y'all doing? You're celebrating birthday. What does that mean? Well, we're just celebrating birthday. Like we just brought, pre no, listen, you don't celebrate birthday, you celebrate someone, right? And so we wanna celebrate Christ. Today's a reminder. Some of you need to evaluate your relationship with Jesus. Let me, let me say it a different way. Some of you need to evaluate your fellowship with Jesus. And there's a difference. I don't believe you're gonna lose your relationship with Jesus, but I do believe you can lose your closeness and your intimacy, the fellowship with Jesus. And I believe you can get so busy and distracted that, that you, you miss the time of drawing close to God, what Christmas is all about. And you can see your fellowship begin to, to separate and, and it can begin to get some distance. And, and today I just wanna give you a moment to, to reflect on your life. And, and first, where is your fellowship with Jesus? I know there's a lot of people in this room who are saved, but potentially you're still distant from God. Does that make sense? Listen, I've been married for 34 years and, and I've learned that I can be 100% married, but our closeness can drift apart unless we're deliberate about keeping it close. And so the same thing is with your walk with God. You can be 100% saved, but the, the, the intimacy and that closeness can get, get distracted and you get a little pulled apart. And, and over time, you're like, I, I, I can't remember when I was really close to God. So how's your fellowship with Jesus today? Where are you in your walk with God today? Are you close? Are you intimate? I believe you can lose the fellowship with Jesus. And I believe many do. They lose their fellowship, not their salvation. I believe many celebrate Christmas, but they miss getting close to God. I don't want you to go through the holidays. I don't want me to go through the holidays and not have Christ in the middle of it. Some of you need to reconnect with God. And this is my call to you today. Some of you need to evaluate your life. And let me share with you three quick ways how you can restore your fellowship with Jesus today. Number one, acknowledge it. Acknowledge that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. 
Start this Christmas season by acknowledging Jesus. You're here this morning, great job. And I mean that, I'm not trying to, like, you're doing the right thing. And so today you can acknowledge, hey, I need Jesus in my life. I need him to be first and foremost in this season. I want Christmas to draw me close to God. The second thing is let Christmas be a reminder to draw close to God by your commitment to some spiritual habits that, that sometimes get crowded out in the busy season. It's easy to get crowded out and go, oh, and I'll pick up my Bible tomorrow. I'll pick it up the next day because I got to rush because I got to get, I got to get to, I don't know, where do you go shopping? Where do you ladies go shopping? I go to, I'd go to Dick's Sporting Goods. So I don't know, where do y'all go? TJ Maxx. I like that. Hobby Lobby. Got Hobby Lobby fans in here. Richard. <laughs> you can't admit that, dude. You're a big man. I like it. <laughs> That's all right. I cry at Hallmark movies. I'm with you, brother. <laughs> hey, last, I'll just close with this. In just a few minutes, we're going to give you an opportunity to take communion. And communion is a great time to examine your heart. There's a scripture in context of communion and it says everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink of the cup. And I would encourage you today to examine yourself spiritually. You should get brutally honest with yourself today and, and say to yourself, it's been a long time since I've, I've felt the move of God in my life. It's been a long time since I felt his spirit moving in me. It's been a long time since I've lifted my hands to praise God passionately. I don't know, you find your long time, and if that's you, then I want you to hear the words of the prophet and turn your heart to God today. Anyone can lose that fellowship. That doesn't make you a, an awful person. Pastors can lose the fellowship. I can get so busy writing sermons and forget to have devotion. Worship leaders can lose their fellowship. They can get so distracted with learning songs, they forget the, the heart of the song. People sitting in comfortable chairs can forget the meaning of it all. One of the things I felt like the Lord was pressing on my heart recently for me to stir the passion in our church because in some ways we feel like we've arrived and we could get really comfortable here. You can sit in your comfy chairs and I can get comfortable and I got everything works. This morning, the, the worship that sounded so beautiful. I was like, wow, I can hear everything so great. So easy to get comfortable in it. And I felt like the Lord said, don't get comfortable. Stay passionate. And so wherever you may be, evaluate your heart today. And I'm asking you, how close are you with Jesus? That's up to you and God. He came to be with you. And are you with him? So let me close with prayer here and then we'll give a chance for communion for you to respond. Would you bow your heads? If you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, today's the day of salvation. This Christmas can be the moment for you to realize Jesus came for you and you can turn to him. 
It's important to take a moment and turn to Jesus and say, I believe that Jesus came for me. He saved me. He died for my sins. I'm forgiven. And so with every head bowed, if you're here today and you just lift your hand and say, Pastor Tim, today I want to be saved. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to believe in Jesus that he came for me. If you're in the room today and that's you, would you just lift your hand to me? I'd love to see your hand. God bless you, brother. Is there anybody else? Let's say this prayer together. Let's honor the one that raised their hand today. Let's say it out loud together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I celebrate Jesus in Christmas. And especially in this moment, I turn to Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I receive that. I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. God, I want to live for you. I want to focus on you all the days of my life, including Christmas, in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen, church? Amen, amen. Hey, would you stand to your feet with me for just a moment? As we close this day, there's communion at each of the corners. And before you go to that table, would you just have a moment and evaluate your spiritual life? And then turn to God and let communion be a moment that you make, hey, this is my, my fresh commitment to, to Jesus today. And then take the bread that's in the cup and take that bread and remember Christ and take the juice, remember Christ. It's a powerful moment to put your heart and your life right back where it belongs. And so would you do that today at communion? Also, if you need prayer, our prayer team is coming right now. Are they, here comes one, here comes two. We're ready. I love our prayer team, by the way. Hey, don't miss an opportunity for prayer. If you need anything, if you need prayer, they're here for you. So let's close the service, though, first with communion and prayer. If you want to stand and worship, you can. Church, I love you so much. Thanks for being here today. And so after a few minutes of worship, someone will come back and close the service out. We love you. Let's take communion together.